Welcome to Dads of the Kingdom, a Disney podcast covering the world, the land, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Terry, and along with me is the Jean-Luc Picard to my commander, Riker, John Murray. John, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Terry? I'm excellent. I'm excited to talk about Disney. It's been a while since our last podcast, and there's so much that happened. I'm so excited to get started. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. In fact, it's been so long. There have been so many park changes and uh, modifications going on here in Florida. Um, we have a lot, a lot that we need to cover. Absolutely. And building off changes there, John, that's kind of the focus of our episode tonight, guys, is there's so many changes going on at the world, at the land, on the ships, so much stuff going on, and there's so much to talk about. Let's kick it off, John. Great, great. So let's talk about some of those physical changes that we're seeing in the park right now. Um, one of those uh, changes is uh, the Muppets coming to, uh, to, to Liberty Square. Um, what, what have you heard about it, Terry? Well, this has got me really excited. As a lifelong Muppet fan, I thought Disney kind of got away from utilizing the Muppets as best they probably could. Um, So I was really excited to hear this news. They began October 2nd. It's a live show uh, in Liberty Square at the Hall of Presidents. It's a fun little show where the the Muppets peek out through the windows and give you a little song and tell you about the Declaration of Independence. Um, Of course, it's the Muppets, so there's tons of humor. Um, There's a version of the Midnight Ride with Paul Revere. Right now, the showtimes are not set. It happens just kind of randomly throughout the day, which I think is fun. It's one of those things that you just kind of walk in and experience while at Disney, which I feel like there they needed to be more of those. Um, what do you think, John? Have you seen the show? Have you heard about the show? What are your thoughts? You know, because they haven't had consistent times for this, I haven't been able to see it. So, you know, with, with work and, and things going on with the family, we just haven't seen them live um we've gone to the magic kingdom a couple times since it's come out but um nothing yet i'm excited for um the muppets to be really engaged again um and i was hoping that the tv show kind of did that but it it kind of took away from some of that Muppet character that uh, that I was so used to growing up with. And what I've heard about this new show is that it brings back some of that character that the Muppets originally brought uh, when they were on TV back when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, I, I wasn't an initial viewer of the Muppet show when it started coming back on on ABC. Um I, after, I guess, the first month or so, I, I caught the very first episode, and it just felt so different and not necessarily familiar. And I think a lot of people felt that way and were initially turned off to the show, and, and it staggered a bit and wasn't as successful as I think they hoped it would have been. Um, but anytime we get more Muppets in the park, I'm, I'm on board. It, me too. I've been waiting for Kermit to be a, a big spotlight character since Disney bought them uh, a long time ago. So, you know, this is pretty exciting. I'm hoping that they it, bring back more of, of the Muppets into the parks um, and not just limit it to that uh, Muppet 3D uh, 
um, uh, attraction that they have over at the studios? Uh, well, we've already seen that they're adding a little bit more with Rizzo's Pizzas, right? Yes, and uh, that's coming along quite nicely. You can walk uh, up to that point um, with the new construction that they have going over at the studios and see how they're expanding um, what used to be Pizza Planet uh, into this, uh, this Rizzo's um, pizza area. The cool thing is, is that when they originally opened the studios, the Muppets were supposed to have a much bigger presence. And a restaurant was one of those things that they were going to add at the time. But they never got around to adding it. So uh, with Rizzo's uh, uh, Pizza, uh, I'm getting it wrong. Um, <laughs> remind me of what, what it's going to be called again. Rizzo's Pizza Rizzo. Pizza Rizzo. That's right. Um, when Pizza Rizzo opens, it'll be a, a good completion to what was supposed to happen in in the 90s. And uh, it'll close that loop. But it looks really good good right now and some of the changes that you can see on the exterior uh, really separate it from what uh, Pizza Planet used to be. Yeah, and, and to speak of that, I remember at some point Mama Melrose was supposed to be a Muppet-themed restaurant, right? It was. It was. And then they turned it into a uh, very generic but by higher quality uh, Italian restaurant. Yeah, you know, I don't know if anybody is sad to see uh, Pizza Planet go away. Um, I never found the restaurant terribly appealing. Uh, I did enjoy the second floor of that place. It was a really cool place to just kind of sit and chill out when you're on the back side of the park. Uh, but I think this change is great. Again, the more Muppets they can fit in anywhere in the kingdom, I think, is a, is a fantastic idea. Yeah, I found it interesting that they they, they chose uh, Pizza Planet instead of Mama Melrose. I'm kind of happy that they 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 left Mama Melrose alone at least for now. Um, when I was a costuming manager over at the studios, I actually helped redesign their costumes, including their 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 shirts and their ties and whatnot. So uh, oh, oh. a little bit of me gets to stay behind, um, but. Um, uh, I'm glad that uh, that the location is still going to be there too. Yeah, uh, staying on that side of the park, John. We know Star Wars Land is coming. We know Toy Story Land is coming. Um, the whole backside of Hollywood or Hollywood Studios is essentially derelict. I mean, for construction. Have you been there recently to see what that looks like? We have, um, and it's. It's very interesting how you get around now. You know, you used to be able to take those back streets, so to speak, uh, to 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 get to either Star Tours or, or Muppets um, and, you know, get in between uh, One Man's Dream or, or even Tower. But um, that whole back area is now closed off and... If you look online, there's a few overhead pictures that they've taken where that whole back lot area where the the Osborne lights used to be, um, it, it's gone. And it, it's kind of sad because you can see some shells of the buildings that were there. But um, 
that you can see the skyline more now than ever. And um, it, it's it's a little scary knowing that there were buildings there uh, just recently. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting. I think, um, you know, staying on the topic of changes and, and not only physical changes, but we're going to talk about some of the, the nostalgic factor and changes in how families experience the parks. We know that Disney has to continue to march forward, right? Stagnation is the death for any theme park. Um, are you sad to see any of that backlot area gone? Yeah, but, um, you know, it's probably more for a personal reason and personal connection than, than most, I guess, that visit that, that park. Um, I started... Uh, you know, what was a 20 year Disney career there. Uh, so, you know, I, I really got used to, you know, going through the streets of America and, and enjoying Osborne and enjoying, you know, just the, the different pictures that you can take while you're strolling through that area. So, um, you know, part of it is, you know, I remember things that were before the park opened and after the park closed, uh, as well as what it looked like during the day when all the guests were there. So, you know, it's a bit more of a nostalgia and personal piece for me but um you know it's it's probably a good change and something that's needed um how do you see yourself uh visiting that park differently now um or are you going to wait uh till the new lands open so my family and i my wife and we have a little girl who is almost two now and we went to hollywood studios the last time we visited which wasn't but four months ago um, and Hollywood Studios was really not even a full half-day park for us because of our little girl. Um, I don't think it's the most friendly toddler park, um, especially since one of, I think, one of the biggest draws for toddlers was the Honey, I Shrunk the Kid play area. Um, and since with that closed and practically the back half of the park closed, uh, the only thing we really went to Hollywood Studios to do was the Playhouse Disney character lunch and to go to Playhouse Disney, the little puppet play, uh, in the backs on the right side of the park. Um, so I, I think for us, you know, as we talk about this, because our, our podcast is focused on families and how we experience it, but um, the Hollywood Studios has definitely changed. And I'm hoping what's nice, though, is as Toy Story Land opens, as Toy Story, as Star Wars Land opens, my daughter is going to be at the age of where she's going to become familiar and know what those lands are and are about. Um, so I'm excited for her to experience those then. But now, Hollywood Studios, I don't think is the right part for us and our family right now. Yeah, and that's. <laughs> That's interesting because, you know, people talked about uh, Disney Hollywood Studios being a half-day park when it first opened. And, you know, now with all of the things closing in the back, it, it doesn't even feel like a half a day sometimes. So, you know, even getting fast passes for, for Toy Story Mania or The Tower – that's about it. So once you get through those, um, you know, you're, you're kind of done for the day. But if you have little kids, 
there's not much for you to see anymore. Um, and, you know, Muppets would probably be the only thing that, uh, that, that would attract you to that park right now besides maybe Beauty and the Beast stage show. Yeah, and, and you know, Fantasmic is, is always a big draw. Um, I just, it, it used to be Hollywood Studios when it was just me and my wife and I. It was one of our favorite parks to go to because it was kind of the thrill park. A thrill ride park. You had the tower. You had rock and roller coaster, um, and rock and roller coaster being my wife's favorite thrill ride at Disney, and Tower of Terror being my favorite thrill ride. So it was definitely a park that when we went vacation, just when it was just the two of us, we went to multiple times. Um, but now, until Star Wars Land, until Toy Story Land, I, I don't think it's going to be a park that we'll, we'll have on our list when we go back with our daughter. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. So um, let's get back to the Muppets, because one of the other things that uh, that I forgot to mention when we're talking about that is is that mobile lab roaming around at Epcot. Oh, so oh I'm glad you brought this up. I yeah. was so excited to see this. Yeah, let me tell you, the first time we saw this mobile lab coming out with Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker, <laughs> it was just hilarious. We, we didn't even expect So you guys it. have seen it in person. Yes, yes. And, you know, they were coming out of interventions and you know going to to wherever they go but it was super cool that's fantastic i you know and that's one of that's those random things that you can experience at disney uh that that really can't happen anywhere else and because of the nostalgia because of the familiarity with characters when they do just one-off things like that it makes it so much more exciting and memorable it, it does because you know you we didn't actually see any news that, that, that this was coming out and, you know, just, just to see it rolling through, it, it was, it was one of those surprise and delight moments, which was great for us. Yeah, that's fantastic. You know, and this reminds me of another uh, moment like that back when Disney's animal kingdom was first kind of opening. They had in the name escapes me, they had the dinosaur that was pulling the little cart. I forget the dinosaur's name. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. I yeah, can't remember what his name was. It was the same premise. It was kind of this mobile wandering dinosaur that just kind of walked around the park with its handler. And it was something that you just kind of turn the corner and you're like, oh, there's a dinosaur walking down the street. That I felt that only Disney can really do those kind of things. Um, yeah, we, we like that. We like the trash can that used to roam around yes. Animal Kingdom. Um, there are a few of those interactive trash cans. Uh, there actually is one at Epcot that that uh, my girls and I stop at every time we uh, we eat near Electric Umbrella. Um, but um, you know that type of interaction is what sets Disney apart from many of the other parks. Absolutely. Um, so talking about let's, let's let's go through our list here, John, for our news that we want to talk about. Um, we talked about Muppets. I know you wanted to talk about the 45th anniversary, right? Yes. Yeah. It was uh, It was one of those days where you don't really plan on going to the park if you're local, and mm. you probably shouldn't. Um, yes. But but it was a it was a pretty cool event to to, to be at. Um, it probably wasn't as as crowded um, as when they opened Fantasyland, but um, um, they had some good had some good merchandise, uh, and a lot of people stayed. To 
or the front of the park, but they were giving away buttons um, for just about every guest um, at every uh, theme park uh, here in Florida. So Epcot, um, Disney's Hollywood Studios, and Disney's Animal Kingdom. Um, just to recognize that, that the celebration was going on. It probably wasn't as as exciting for, for, for some people as, as they would have liked it to have been, but, you know, the, the bigger one of the 50th is coming up in five years, um, and, and how Disney celebrates it, it it's probably going to be about three years before they start that celebration. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that's maybe the thing, is 45 is a, it's it's an amazing achievement that Disney has been so successful with the world for so long, but I think 45 is that weird number. Everybody's like, well, let's just get to 50 and and let's party then. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can only do so many celebrations before, um, you know, people don't really have a reason to come back. Um, they're really lured by Disney itself, not necessarily the celebrations that go along with it. So um, it was nice. They had a special performance on the castle stage, but, um, you know, it was it was one of those times where it was probably a little bit more crowded um, than than uh, than it needed to be, um, but I can tell you from a merchandise perspective, the line stretched from the firehouse side of the Emporium all the way to the middle of of the checkout area. Um, and you know they wrapped around uh, some some some. Um, um, merchandise areas a couple of times. So wow. uh, people were really interested in getting the, the merchandise for it. Wow. You know, and I remember this, uh, I think it had to have been for the 35th anniversary. Um, it was roughly about 10 years ago when this happened. My wife and I were in Animal Kingdom and we were walking the Pagani Trail and a cast member stopped everybody and wouldn't let them walk up the trail any further. Uh, and what they were doing, they were setting up further down the trail there was a few cast members handing out special lanyards um for the 35th anniversary i remember us getting a couple of those and we still have them so that was a fun little thing but again 35 is one of those right yeah yeah, that's that's one of those off years. So hopefully the the planning is is going on now uh, f- for that big one for the fiftieth. Um, I know Disneyland just got through w- with a pretty big one recently. So um, I, I don't know if they were just tired from planning or they. Um, they realize that the fiftieth is coming up, and they will uh, put more of their efforts toward that. Yeah. You know, and speaking of time marching on, uh, one of the kind of side effects, the, the downfalls of, of the slow march of time is that every now and then Disney has to close something or, or retire something. And one of the big things that they're retiring uh, this year, which uh, this month actually, is the Main Street Electric Parade. I know this has been a favorite for people's for. For 30 years, I, I mean, the, the parade's been going on since the early 70s, right? Yeah, and it's switched back and forth between the Magic Kingdom here in Florida and Disneyland. It's been back here for quite a few years. Um, and, you know, this is, was one of those 
attraction, so to speak, that that we're really going to miss. You know, I I grew up with this parade, um, and even though it's it's been back here now since. Um, uh, I think 2010, uh, it still was one of those things that, that really brings back that sense of nostalgia. And I can share uh, s- some of the things that I used to do with my family, now with my uh, two daughters. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what they put in place. I hear some good things are coming as a replacement. So I'm sad to see it go, but I'm excited to to see what they, they bring on next. Yeah, you know, and I'm... Again, I have mixed emotions about it as I've seen the parade a few times when my wife and I went, but now my daughter's never going to experience it, which kind of bums me out. Um, I, I love the the electric parade. I thought it was such a cool parade. It felt like classic Disney. It felt like Walt could have been on the first float going down Main Street. It, it had that that classic Disney feeling to it. And I'm sad to see it go. Uh, But like you, I'm excited to see what's next because Disney is all about what's next. It's true. Um, And you never know, they might bring part of it back for something else or, or or just realize that they need that to, to bring back families and, and bring that back, uh, bring that sense of nostalgia back to the park. Yeah. And our last bit of news, John, is on my side, is the Hall of Presidents will be closing because uh, they will be adding a new president to the lineup after the elections. The Hall will be closed January 17th through June 17th, which it will reopen with either a Trump or a Hillary uh, mannequin. Or not mannequin, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for, John? Uh, robot. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, we, and all um, all political jokes aside, um, I think the uh, uh, the the new president that comes in, the animatronic um, representation that that they have, has always been. Uh, you know, top of the line, and mm-hmm. I'm excited to see you know, who. Who does what um, when it comes to approving the final version of this audio animatronic? Yeah, you know, and um, the Hall of Presidents is one of my favorite things to do at Disney. I'm a bit of a, I think we share this nostalgic love for Disney and kind of the classic attractions, uh, Carousel of Progress, uh, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse, Hall of Presidents for me. I always loved going there and every time i drove my i, I took my family with them and made them come along i drove them crazy because they hated it um they thought it was so boring but i remember the last time we went that obama animatronic is amazing it, it's dumbfounding actually it is you know they they have this um the pattern to where they bring in the wife or the spouse of the sitting president to, to see if they got everything right, not only the look, but the voice and the the movement uh, of the individual. So I know uh, just some reports that I heard when Obama was going in that uh, it was uncanny uh, f- as far as how close he represented um, you know himself uh, when uh, Michelle Obama uh, so. Uh, was supposed to have gone in and taken a look. 
their stories, but but it's pretty cool to hear um, how the approval process happens. Yeah, that's crazy. And those animatronics are so amazing. I feel like it's one more step for the world getting uh, data from next generation. Hey, I'm looking forward to that. He's always <laughs> been my favorite character in Star Trek. And that's two Star Trek references for the audience out there. Yeah, you know, that's one of the only childhood franchises <laughs> we have left that Disney hasn't bought. So, you know, if they're going to do it, they should do it soon because CBS is getting ready to launch another one. Don't put it past them. I mean, who knows? Anything's possible with Disney. It's true. It's true. Um, you know, so speaking of space, you know, one of the items that uh, that we – that has happened since we last talked was this new new Guardians of the Galaxy coming in at, at, at California. Um, what what do you think of that, Terry? You know, as a uh, as a lifelong comic book reader and collector, um, I'm excited to see the movies that so many people are enjoying um, come to the parks i know it's it's a weird thing with universal having rights and and disney owning the intellectual properties but uh, i'm conflicted because i love tower of terror like i said it's my favorite thrill ride i thought the story behind it was so unique and so interesting the bellhop guys that put you in the elevator are really morose i love that that character um so again, it, it, like like we said with the electric parade, sad to see it go. Excited to see what's next. Yeah, same here. You, you know, I was part of the team that helped prepare the studios here in Florida for uh, for the tower, and you know, have some great memories of when it opened here. But um, it, it's it's good to see that Guardians is getting their due out in California, um, and we, we'll have to see how it goes. Um, the challenging part is is now that. You know, we know when it's coming. I have to plan a trip out there, and you know, <laughs> I, there's just no other way around it. You know, and I, I'm excited because uh, the tower, the design, the people that are involved, kind of the, the chief uh, creative people for the Disney side is Joe Rody, who I think is an amazing Imagineer, and, and I guess now he's more of a figurehead for Disney. Um, Joe Casada, who is the chief creative officer at Marvel, and Kevin Feige, who is the president of Marvel Studios. I feel like if any three people can make that a successful ride, it's those three people. See, and that's the part I'm looking forward to is all that creative talent kind of making this this fantasy more into reality. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they, they do out there, especially with the facade that is the tower. Um, mm. So I'm kind of looking forward to, to seeing what those creative uh, individuals kind of pull together. Absolutely. And they're saying it's supposed to open summer of next year. Like John said, it's going to be at California Adventure at Disneyland. Uh, eventually, the process will roll out to to world in Florida. Um, no set dates, I don't think yet, John, of when they said that was going to happen. Nothing yet. You know, with all the extra work going on at the studios in Florida, um, 
they need to to leave at least one uh, feature attraction open. So you know it'll probably be after Star Wars Land opens and they they get some of the other um, attractions over in the back side of the park. Absolutely, you know, and guys, listeners. This section of our podcast is called Around the World. It's where we kind of focus on random topics that John and I pull out from from our different news sources and just pick out things that we find interesting. Guardians is a, is a big one because it's going to be uh, this collective experience of, every kind of, of this new ride coming to Disney and, and building off this creative world that Marvel has created and now Disney being uh, Marvel being owned by Disney. Um, the other thing that stuck out to me is I was on the Disney Parks blog over the week, and they and to speak of the 45th anniversary, they had these really fun 45th anniversary wallpapers and fall wallpapers because it is fall, regardless of it being 87 degrees outside. Um, so, if you have time, go check that out. There's iPhone, Android, uh, regular computer wallpapers. Um, they're nostalgic. They're kind of they're very Mary Blairish, which I, I really appreciate. Um, John, have you had a chance to check those out? I did, and it's sad that I didn't see them before you kind of told me that you are going to share this because there's some pretty neat pictures out there. They have, um, you know, ones of the, the railroad and the train station and the Hall yes. of Presidents. Yep. It's just really cool. It is. Uh, the train one, the train station really stood out to me. The Hall of Presidents one stood out to me. Um, but if you have a chance, like I said, go check it out. Really a lot of fun. You can put it on your phone, you can put it on your computer, give you a little bit of that Disney experience, Disney magic, even outside of the park. And you ne- never can get enough of that. Um, you know, so if you like a lot of uh, the original attractions or, 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 or you know, some of the um, – a fall time um, inspirations. This is a good place to go. Um, if you search for wallpapers on the Disney Parks blog, uh, you should should be able to find them pretty quickly. Absolutely. So, John, let's roll right along. Let's talk about our travel portion for this uh, this podcast. Um, one of the things that I want to talk about for most listeners who who travel the park with infants or toddlers, one of the things you you definitely need to know where they are and what or what is available in them is the baby care stations. Every, all four of the parks, Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, and Epcot has a baby care station. Um, what's nice about these rooms, and, and Animal Kingdom actually has my favorite one, um, they have private nursing rooms for the moms, they have changing tables, they have unisex bathrooms, uh, they have high chairs, so if you need to feed your toddler, What's great is they have a main room that has a TV and a, and a Disney movie always playing. So it's it's a nice way to let the kids kind of zone out for a second, eat some lunch, or just chill in general. I, I think it's a great kind of recharging space for parents and, and toddlers and infants. It's air-conditioned, which is great during the summer. Um, it has on-site supplies that you can buy. So if you if your toddler dropped their pacifier or you need a, a bottle insert or whatever, a lot of those things you can get in the care stations. John, I know your girls are a little bit older. You guys don't need that anymore, but I'm sure at some point you've probably used one. Yes. Um, they were lifesavers for us when the kids were much younger. Um, it was one of those places that you can go and get out of the heat. 
um, or you know, you know, just make sure that you have everything that that you need um, uh, for the kids, um, whether it's diapers or or formula. We actually forgot um, some formula back at the hotel. Uh, when when we moved away for a while and were able to get it there um, back at that time it was actually pretty affordable so um, it, it it's always a good place <clears throat> excuse me to check in um, e- even if even if your kids are a little bit older take advantage of the the air conditioning and and the quiet that's there absolutely and speaking of the locations, I just want our listeners to know that uh, in Magic Kingdom, the Baby Care Center is located to Crystal Palace Restaurant just off of Main Street. There's actually a little kind of alcove that's right before you get to Crystal Palace to your left. It's in the back of that little alcove. Uh, it's it's themed just like that area, like Crystal Palace is in and, and Casey's Corner, so it's a fun little alcove to just hang out in. Animal Kingdom, it's behind Creature Comforts and Discovery Island. Uh, it's right. It's just right down from uh, Pizza Fari, so you can grab a pizza, go to the care station, watch a Disney movie for 30 minutes, and eat some pizza. Hollywood Studios, it's uh, just inside the park on the left where guest relations are. And at Epcot, it's at the Odyssey Center in Future World. This is that weird building that nobody knows what it is that's just to the left when you're crossing the bridge to going towards World Showcase. I actually think that that's our favorite one. Um, it's you're in the park and um, you need that extra space and it's just a perfect location to to kind of relax, get out of the heat for a little while and um, take care of the little ones. Absolutely. And that covers our travel tip for this week. Our next section that we want to talk about is is the Disney download. Let's yeah, let's talk about the Disney download, John. Excellent. Um, for one of the things that Disney is doing, and I think they're doing pretty well, is these translation from the animated features to live action. Uh, we saw it with Maleficent. We saw it with Jungle Book. Now we know that they're going to be doing Lion King and Mulan. What's your thoughts, John? I think I'm more excited for Mulan than than the Lion King. I'm not quite sure how that live action is going to work, but um, I'm excited for Mulan. Um, I'm also excited for Beauty and the Beast, which is due out much sooner. Uh, Interesting little side note. The Beauty and the Beast teaser trailer that they put out has more views than any other trailer in history on YouTube. That's amazing. It, it, it it's funny because they don't show too much, uh, but get, show you enough to get you interested in seeing the rest when it comes out. Yeah, you know, and I have to admit, I was I was hesitant when I heard they were starting to do these live action versions. Um, I guess I kind of understand the rationale behind it. When you're talking about Mulan or Lion King or Aladdin. Those movies are so far removed from the current generation of children that they just don't tend to watch those unless their parents are Disney people like we are and show it to their kids. Um, So these live action movies are a way to kind of bring the stories back to a new audience, a new generation of people and keep continuing that Disney magic. 
It also provides a, a bigger variety for the adults who have that nostalgia that we've talked about earlier, um, but need a little bit more than than your typical uh, animated cartoon. So it's a great way to continue the brand and, and continue the story. Absolutely. I'm excited. Again, I think uh, having seen Lion King, or no, I'm sorry, having seen Jungle Book and what they did with that, um, and Maleficent I thought was a solid movie. I think uh, I think they're going to do great things moving forward. Yeah, yeah. So do I. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the last bit that I'd like to talk about is just a, a little bit of news, a little bit of Disney download. Um, it's the Magic Kingdom weddings after dark, and the reason I want to talk about this is back in 2007, my wife and I actually got married at Disney World um, at the wedding pavilion there, close to the Grand Floridian. Um, we had Mickey and Minnie at our reception. They helped us cut the cake. They danced with us. It was a lot of fun. At the time, you couldn't get married inside the parks, though, at Magic Kingdom. That has changed now. So if you're getting the Wishes collection, uh, you can actually get married in front of Cinderella's Castle at Magic Kingdom. Uh, there's a few caveats. Uh, it can only be after dark, after the, uh, I'm sorry, after the park closes. We know that that varies with extra magic hours. Sometimes it's 11 p.m. Sometimes I've seen it as late as 1 a.m. in the morning. Um, you can have up to 300 guests, which is a crazy amount of people to me. Uh, and you have to use the Disney character transportation for the venue. Um, that is an interesting caveat as you have to use the Cinderella coach to get down Main Street in front of Cinderella's castle. That sounds like a really cool thing, though. You know, you have to use the Cinderella coach. You know, I I know it's tough, but if you have to do something to to where you're you're having a wedding in the park at night, I guess it's going to be a little tough if you have to use that coach as well. <laughs> Uh, I think it's. I think if this option was available back when my wife and I got married, we would have probably totally did it. Um, I think this would be such a cool experience that your family and your friends would never forget you getting married in Magic Kingdom in front of Cinderella's castle at night. Uh, what a fantastic experience that would be! Yeah, you know it's funny. My wife and I met at Disney. We got married outside of Disney. Um, and every one of our relatives asked us if we were going to have a Disney wedding. And we said, yes, absolutely. It's just before the wedding and after that we'll go to the park. But um, <laughs> we really wish that, that this would have been around uh, then as well. Um, and, you know, look forward to seeing a lot of those stories of, of people who have done this. Yeah, I think it's a great event. It's a great expansion of their what they offer. Um, I, I think a lot of people just don't realize that Disney offers and caters to such a wide variety of, of budgets and people and, and experiences for their weddings uh, that this is another kind of icing on the cake there uh, for another fantastic Disney experience. And they've definitely added some uh, variety to their wedding packages, uh, w which makes it possible for more people to experience that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, John, I think that's we've covered all of our topics for this for this podcast. 
well, that went by pretty quickly. And, you know, with the little editing that I have to do of the random jokes that we didn't mention, uh, I think it's turned out quite well. Yeah. We thank everybody for, for coming in and the experience is part of Disney with us. John and I have such a passion for, for the parks and for the world and, and for everything Disney that we love sharing it with you guys. Uh, coming back next time, we're going to talk more Disney, uh, more news, more tips, uh, maybe get into some of the DVC stuff and more Star Trek references. I'm looking forward to it, Terry. We'll talk to you soon. All right. See you soon, guys. Take care.